Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much to all of you who've watched Prince Harry Gigachad so far. I haven't received a single counter-argument, and I am looking for them, not just glowing praise. So if that piece span your head and helps you to realise that, yes, we are being lied to about everything, then send it on to a few people. My main ambition is to get people radicalised against the false opposition, such as GB News. I'm going to get a few more exclusive interviews booked for the Subscribestar patrons. It's just $5 a month to show your support, but I thought I'd give you a freebie today and introduce you to someone that I've been a fan of for a very long time. Back in my DJ days, in my early 20s, my favourite MC in the UK by a country mile was MC Maestro, Mice Diggy. And so, to be honest, it's no great shock that he's on our side. This is a fantastic conversation with one of the most underrated rappers in the UK. You are definitely going to enjoy this one. Always censored, never silent, this is Unwashed. That's some conspiracy for you, establishment. Ladies and gentlemen, I am so excited to be here today. Very different one to what I was expecting, but I've got quite a backstory for this. I'm here with, I think, my favourite MC from the UK, my Steve. Mm, wow. Yeah, no, I'm not just like, I don't just say that to everyone. I'm I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. Ten years ago yeah. was basically when I was in the thick of trying to be a full-time DJ and I did pretty okay at that for a few years and um and so I tried to be up on like all underground music particularly in the UK what are the different scenes and subgenres that are popping wow. and of UK hip-hop like the UK wrap-up I look forward to it so much <laughs> yeah, man. it was so funny Sabrina achieved the unachievable keeping her hair neat for so long in the jungle was unbelievable Peter and Jordan are split up A proper odd couple, so of course they were split up While we white maga looking bigger We left MySpace for Facebook Then put that book down for Twitter You couldn't uh, do that now, it would just be far too uh, depressing Man, people are asking for that And I'm like, seriously, you just want me to say R.I.P, R.I.P, R.I.P forever Like, come on man Let alone yeah. all the other Like, I, I'd be too I wouldn't be able to do it in the way that I'd want to, you know But No, you wouldn't People have been asking People have been asking I'm not, I'm not surprised because I, I I remember that being a big thing back yeah. then. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, so I, I was doing the thing called the UK wrap up. Um, I started in 2009, and so basically, for people who don't know, it was just like sort of rapping about what had been going on um, throughout the UK sort of entertainment world, I guess, and you know, just making it like fun and sort of uh, rounding up what's been going on. And um, so I was doing it for a few years, but it started to get a little bit political in terms of just behind the scenes, whether it be like people that wanted me to drop it on their outlet first or, you know, people wanted me to mention their names, you know, just loads of stuff where it just didn't make it as fun anymore for me. And then also missing out on Christmas, you know, I'd have to write it so that it drops on January the 1st or whatever. So that means 
Christmas and New Year's a bit messed up. Cold turkeys for real, you know. <laughs> but but he had to be writing on Christmas Day. Um, so that was the other thing, and I was just like, you know what, I'm done with it. I just, I started doing a, an MMA wrap up because I'm really into mixed martial arts. So I started doing that as a bit of fun, but then similar sort of thing was happening slightly. So, you know, in the end, I just thought I'll, I'll focus on making music <laughs> like the way yeah. I should, you know. Well, no, <laughs> so, I mean, you're clearly someone that, that spends a lot of time and puts a lot of effort into cramming like as much as you can into three minutes. Yeah, um, right. I posted on my channel earlier, My Stentatious. Staring up as if he's waiting for the Sunderland. He had to ring the bell fast, claimed he couldn't understand, called his Manchester to tell him what he's got planned and he should be ready to move as soon as Scott lands. And Scott was you out soon, too bad they called the cops who set him up to have the same gun that got all the shots. Yeah, I'm glad you, you're probably the first pe person who's mentioned it by its real name as well. Most people go, you know the track where you're talking about different places? And <laughs> but yeah, that was a fun <laughs> one to write, man. Definitely. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll bet. Um, but yeah, for because this isn't like a music podcast, a hip hop podcast. Mm. Let, let people know about like what is the scene that you were from because it wasn't like grime. Um, no. And yeah, yeah, what was the background? Who were sort of your peers? And... So yeah, the scene, the scene that I'm from is termed as uh, dubbed as the UK hip hop scene. Um, so meaning that it's hip hop music made in the UK. Um, there are like various different artists from back in the 80s when you talk about people like Derek B and, um, you know, London Posse and so, uh, Cookie Crew, like various artists from the UK that were actually doing, you know, quite a good thing for themselves. Um, later on, you had people like Moni Love as well um, that went on over to America. If people didn't know or you may have heard of a guy called Slick Rick, um, yeah. he was originally from um, London as well. Uh, and then, so, you know, so it's basically a thing of um, people who probably had family and whatnot in, in New York would visit, come back with tapes, come back with the whole style of um, breakdancing, you know, all of that sort of thing. And then obviously we've got a big um, uh, West Indian scene here, like a lot of Jamaicans here as well. And so there was a mesh of that sort of culture um, that sort of produced this thing uh, called, yeah, UK hip hop. People were sort of following the toasters, the guys that were doing more reggae stuff in the UK. Some of them would mess around with their accents, like they would actually, as opposed to do a Yardi accent, they'd do a more English Cockney accent. And so off the back of that, you've got um, quite a few rappers like Bionic and Rodney P um, of London Posse and quite a few others that sort of developed a style that ended up becoming more of a rap style. Um, so it was more based on the sort of hip hop thing. And so... Um, you've got, you know, you go go all the way back then, where you, and then you go a bit on. You got people like Silver Bullet, um, Caveman. You got Blade, um, and then you move on. You've got artists like Skinny Man, Kalashnikov, um, Chester P, uh, Task Force, and people like that. So they, and then now you've got um, even more so. It's people like Verb T, Dirty Dyke, um, Ocean Wisdom. Uh, you know, so that uh, you've got the four owls that are really making a lot of noise for themselves, uh, Loyal Kana and people's like, people like that that are actually signed to major labels and whatnot. And so it's a scene that's sort of been growing and still growing as it is. It went through a, th a few sort of rough patches, um, I guess, when the grime scene sort of came out um, off the back of the garage thing. People looked at that as more like UK hip hop, you know, in a, in a, and in a sense it is because it's like something that was birthed from um, this, these shores, you know, it isn't something that was anywhere else. 
So in that sense, it is a sort of UK hip hop, but it's like the culture of hip hop, which is like b-boying, um, graffiti, DJing, you know, like yourself, you know, about the DJing side, MCing, uh, breakdancing and whatnot. That's that's all sort of what, for me, engulfs the term or the acknowledgement that this is hip hop. You know, there's a lot of those artists that if you said to them, are you a hip hop artist? They'd probably say no. Um, and that's fair enough because, you know, they're doing whether it be grime or sort of UK rap or whatever you want to call it, you know, that kind of thing. Um, what's the other drill, like UK drill? It's it's traditionally sort of that boom bap sound that you hear from New York. If you think about artists like KRS-One, Rakim, um, De La Soul, you know, it's all sample sort of based mainly. Um, not all of it, but, you know, some of it is is sort more of up to date or whatever you want to say. Um, so that's the sort of scene I came from. Um, I, I came up doing sort of open mics, um, getting my name about here and there, and then meeting different producers, um, working with people like Harry Love, um, who's he's a DJ and producer, and he got me um, linked up with a label called Low Life Records. Um, and they were like a massive sort of um, UK hip hop label. Uh, some of the names I mentioned were on that label, including people like Jest as well. Um, and so, you know, got I got a name off the back of that. I started like um, putting out records um, and touring a lot. And sort of my type of thing is more the entertainment aspect. So whether it be making you laugh, making you think, um, you know, um, and trying to do what hasn't been done before, you know, in that sense, like trying not to do the same thing all the time. So I like to push the boundaries, hence things like the wrap up where it's like, how are you putting all of that together and that many minutes or whatever that is, that's the sort of thing I enjoy. So I just try my best to um, do different styles of music that is still me, you know, that's still hip hop in, in from my point of view, as well as um, make sure it's entertaining you in some form or way. Enter and tainting the mind, <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, that's that's basically. I think people should definitely have a, a look and listen. If you're into um, poetry, if you're into deep thought, um, there are a lot of artists out in the UK that are, are really uh, pushing that sort of, you know, thought process. They might not be talking about it that much. I'll say that to you, Nick. Not all mm -hmm. of them are really talking out um, publicly, but I do speak to a few people behind the scenes that are like, yeah, they know that this is there's some. BS going on, you know. I don't know yeah. if I swear or not. So I'll tell you something that happened, and you're actually connected to these kind of scenes. So I'm not. I'm not going to ask you to pry. Oh, who's saying what? But yeah, yeah, yeah. but basically, Flip Tricks, owner of High Focus, yeah. um, he put out Problem Reaction Solution. Did you see yeah. that? The Hegelian dialectic. Uh yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. It was just like the, the video was filmed at a huge Trafalgar Square, like David Icke protest. Mm. And, um, you know, it was right on the money. He was he was calling out everything 5G Freemasons, the whole damn caboodle. Yeah. Um, and it was like, OK, you've yeah. made that bloody clear. And from <laughs> that, if you're the label boss, mm. then I'm going to assume that, you know, the high focus guys a pretty sound on this which is which is good for me because like um as you were describing the the uk hip-hop scene like it it i don't think it ever had a point where it yeah where it took off like brian yeah, was a mainstream moment did it nah, nah, loads nah. of legends in it um but it, yeah it never really had that moment but that's the kind of thing that i'm drawn to anyway because like i think i've 
but I've always had a natural revulsion to anything mainstream. Mainstream, yeah. Like, yeah. As soon as I got into music, I immediately got into punk because it was yeah. like just anti that. And like then a I, middle finger, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I found everything else out from that because I just like I know that. Well, now we know that pop stars are basically like MK Ultra slaves. Basically, I mean, yeah, you can't. There's, there's. It's hard to deny it. Once you see it, you can't unsee it, right? You're just like, yeah. wow, these guys are really and. It's not even, yeah, I guess you call them all pop stars, whether it be in TV, film, uh, making music and whatnot, but we've seen it now, you know, and you can see it even on their face. Like, I know some of them, you know, and it's it's pretty hard because you, you really understand how this is a big network. This is like, we're definitely in a matrix, you know what I mean, where we think things are one way, but they're actually the other. It's all inverted, I guess. Yeah, yeah so, I, I, I mean, what with the uk hip-hop scene i like i couldn't stand the hip-hop that was being pushed to us on the charts from america it's kind of when 50 cent was the biggest thing in the world <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh and i remember around that time i probably discovered jurassic five and was like and de la soul and was like yeah. i like this yeah, and yeah. anything that's a bit more like this and then found out oh sweet there's this going on but it comes from london like this is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did find that UK stuff lyrically a hell of a lot more conscious than what I was hearing from like it is there in the US, but, yeah, but the main UK seemed to kind of that was a big thing. That's why I was attracted to it back then, because like, yes, independence, independent labels and all this stuff. Yeah. Major labels, they hack away at you and they decide what you're gonna be. And I'm yeah, not interested yeah, in that. Yeah. I just want to hear someone being themselves. And I guess this is why it's so surprising because, like, I found this crew that I thought were just obsessed with, you know, not trusting the government, essentially. Yes, this the be all and end all. And then I feel like it kind of went a bit mad in 2016 with Brexit and Trump. Suddenly everyone's in these two camps. And then by the time. Left and right and all that, isn't it? Well, I think it was prepping us for COVID. I think that was preparing the population to divide in two. That's my current theory. Um, That's a good theory, man. So, like, what, what's your background with seeing the world as a matrix and all that? And how was 2020? And so, all, you know, I think, um, you know, because I, I got to travel a lot, you know, I, um, I was going to Australia, like, more or less every year maybe twice a year and I'd go there for two, three months at a time sort of thing. So it's like winter, you know, UK winter, I'm in summer over in Australia or whatnot. And uh, whether that's, I don't know whether that is down under anymore, but that's, <laughs> that's another. <laughs> um, oh, amazing. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> yeah, I, I ain't got a clue, man. But um, what happened was, uh, I, obviously you want to be creative, you want to keep making music and whatnot. And for me, uh, the making of music part is the breathing out. I always say that's when you're breathing out. Sometimes you need to, to breathe in. You need to get some entertainment, get some, read some books, you know, get some just uh, things outside of what you're doing in order for you to go back in. And and so I used to buy all types of different books, you know, like whether it be um, uh, that like, uh, what's his name? Was it Dr. Yamoto to do with water? Oh, yeah. Experiments with water. Um, you know, or The Art of War. I saw a nice book on The Art of War. I was like, oh, let me get that. And then there was one um, called um, The Secret Teachings of All Ages. Um, so Manly P. Hall, who's, uh, you know, he's a known mason or whatever. But there was stuff in there that was really, I was quite drawn to, I was quite interested in. Um, I went to a Roman Catholic school. 
So, you know, I grew up playing chess, like from the age of, say, 11 or whatever. What am I talking about? 11, eight years old or something like that. They got us on chess. Why would they do that, you know? I don't really understand, but now I do. Now I get it all, you know what I mean? With the whole Jesuit thing and whatnot. So books like that sort of opened me up to, okay, this world isn't what you think it is. There's a whole lot of mysticism behind things that there were symbols. and But I never really took it too sort of serious or I didn't think of it in the way that I think of it now, obviously. Um and then I think, yeah, obviously things like nine eleven had happened, and um, which was before I'd even started going to Australia and places like that. But that I, I already had. So throughout my life, I've always had like little signs or whatnot. You know, one of those sort of people. I'm always hearing things I'm not supposed to or whatever. Um, with this, I had a friend from school who. Um, we saw his face in maybe it was one of the papers, News of the World or something like that, when it had like nine different guys that were, you know, supposedly on the plane for 9-11. And his face was one of them. But they had a different name for him. And so people in the area were like, yo, well, did he convert? You know, there's a lot of Moroccans in the area. So we were just wondering, like, did he convert or whatnot? And it turns out that he's still here that he had nothing to do with it. So he had to get into his mum and all that, get in touch with him and said, look, you got my son's face in the paper saying that he's a terrorist and he's not. So, you know, that's always stuck with me. And so little things like that, where you get to realize, okay. <laughs> and then you see the documentaries that came out with 9-11 that obviously woke a few of us up. Who knows which are real or which are not, you know, we have no idea because it's all just, it's imagery on a, we don't know how it's edited, what's real and whatnot. Um, things like that had popped up. And then, you know, obviously once um, this time came around, um, I think about in 2009, my cousin had got cancer, that bowel cancer. And I was wondering why, because he's a little bit younger than me. He's a cyclist, healthy, you know. And so I started looking into it a bit more, finding out a bit more about health and nutrition and whatnot. Um, and I came across a guy called Dr. Sabi. I don't know if you've heard of him. He yes. was, uh, yeah, so Dr. Sabi. So I, you know, really got heavy into that. And my friend Jargon, a guy that I used to rap with as well, he actually introduced me to him. And but I got when I get into something, I get into it heavy. You know, I'm really like researching and experimenting it as well. Let me try that and see if it works. Or you know, that's the only way you really know. You know, it doesn't matter how many studies or peer reviewed this, that and the third until you actually go through it yourself. You don't know. You can just believe, you know. Um, and so I, I started on the Dr. Sabi's diet. You could see it from like videos around 2011, then going into 2012 and onwards. You can see there's a change from before that. I was a lot thicker, my skin so I was a lot like meatier. I wasn't on the right diet, you know, so I alkalized using his diet, uh, Dr. Sabi diet, and fixed up loads of things that just didn't happen anymore, like sore throats, you know, I used to get tonsillitis every now and again, um, and, you know, um, spots, you know, things like that. I didn't know that I was supposed to drink water regularly. I didn't, you know, loads of things like eating crisps and all of that bullshit, all the, um, you know, sodas and, like I, so I cut all of that out and then saw the change, didn't get ill as much. And so he'd always said things like, um, you know, how viruses 
he wasn't like they don't exist, but he was saying they weren't what people say. It's more to do with mucus in the body and, you know, so things like that. So that had already been a little, you know, yeah. don't forget what this guy was saying sort of thing. Um, and then once we came into this, this whole, you know, Rona stuff, I was already quite a paranoid guy when it came to people that were um, sick around me. They were coughing and sneezing um, because I had, um, yeah, which would sound weird now, but but I've got like a tracheostomy because I, I got, um, basically I got TB, tuberculosis, in a gland. And so it's growing this side of my neck and that closing my windpipe. So when I'm talking, you, I sound like this. Until I turn this way, you know, you wouldn't really hear my voice properly. Sweats and all of that sort of stuff. And I was going through other stuff to do with my back, um, you know, like my shoulder blade sort of thing. So they had me, you know, what do they do? They get you popping pills in it. So you got me on ibuprofen to the point that my, you know, stomach was, lining was tearing or whatever, or you're getting ulcers, so it's really hurting. So I had to stop all that. But basically this lump was getting bigger and bigger. And in the end, um, I went to like ear, nose and throat. And then they were talking about that, you know, the windpipe is closing. So they put the tracheostomy in. So I woke up with that. And um, to cut a long story short, they, they found out that TB is like acid, apparently on the bone. So my neck bone was a bit disjointed. So I had to wear a neck brace for two years. And, it, you know, this is only once they found out this was TB. It took a little while, but then it was popping a load of pills until getting better for about a year and a half or something like that. So from then, I'd already been a bit paranoid about, contag you know, contagion or whatnot. Um, even though it happened in that way, I'm still thinking in, you know, the old mind. I'm still thinking like, oh, yeah, oh, you got a cold. Oh, bruv, yeah, I'll stay away, you know, all that sort of thing. And this is someone that's touring, traveling nonstop. Um, and funnily enough, I've been touring with a crew. Some of them would get ill and none of us would get it, you know, like for years. This is, I'm talking about now sort of thing. But yeah, so that had happened to me. And then when, so when this Rona thing come in, when the whole COVID thing came in, it was like, okay, oh, man, all right, now I'm scared, you know? Forgetting that uh, for the last, um, what would it be? It'd be at least nine years. I haven't been sick again. I've never caught, caught a cold. I've never, you know, not even sore throat. Now, that, but I'm not thinking like that. I'm just thinking like, oh, well, I was, yo, did you see them Chinese people that were falling, uh, they were there frothing at the mouth. Like all of this propaganda that like, I don't know it is, but I'm getting sent it on WhatsApp and, you know, so you're getting caught up in it. Before anyone was wearing masks, I was up, <laughs> bruv, for two days. I was like, uh, trying to um, Google getting a mask and trying to find the right one, going to this place. And, you know, the places I saw that were sold out were just the expensive places. You could buy them on eBay and all that. So when they're talking on the news about, oh, there are no masks and, you know, whatever. So there's me, Mr. Dickhead, in the, um, t you know, two, uh, six foot six apart from other people in the queue at Tesco or whatever, double masked up, thinking, yeah, I'm on point. I've got my gloves. Yeah, bruv, this ain't getting me. You know what I mean? Two weeks go by. Three weeks go by. Same thing. And like, I was pretty deep in it, you know? Like, I was getting home and, like, spraying up everything, wiping it in the corridor. No. <laughs> oh, uh, bro, I, I didn't I know was that deep. people actually, like, cleaning bro, their shit. Yo. You, you I, was, <laughs> I was just deep. 
I was deep in there. This, you know, I had like I say it for sure. I was deep in it because I was thinking, look, I'll tell you, I had a little one. Just we just had a little one. Yeah. So, you know, my mind is like, yo, am I going out and I'm coming back and killing these little, you know? So I was any precaution I could, I was taking it. About three weeks go by four weeks. I'm like, yo. These people at the supermarket that boop, that you know, these cashiers are all still here. Like these the security are all still like none of them are, are having an outbreak. Like no one's like, yo, we got shut down because there's an outbreak. You know, you might need to go get some cash. Get to the cash point, you know. Like, there's no court, like precaution, you know, be careful, you might catch COVID from this cash point, you know, nothing, no hand sanitizer nowhere. So it starts getting a bit peculiar. You start thinking like, okay, what is really going on? Is this as bad as they're saying or not? You know, like the paranoia sort of wears off because you, I think if you're really worried about it, but you're thinking about it in the in the right sense, you know, with a critical mind, you're going to start seeing things that don't make sense after a while. You're like, okay, two weeks ago, I was really scared, but now I'm not. Well, why am I not? Why is it just normal all of a sudden, you know? It's not as bad as it is or what? And so I just started looking. I started, all right, let me let me have a look at what other people are saying. Let's, let's just see how do people feel about this? Because, you know, for me, I'm not sure. And then when I, I started thinking about um, the Dr. Sa Sabi stuff, you know, what he was saying about all of that. And then, and then the, the, you know, the big, the big I'm not sure was when there was no one dropping dead in front of me, frothing at the mouth, like on those videos. No one, no one. Any, and I'm asking people, have you seen that? Have you seen that? Have you, you know? And then um, I think um, Mrs. Mice had sent me a link and a video to something. I've forgotten the guy's name. I think it was David Crow or something like that. He's like an investigative reporter, but in sort of the medical world. And then a video of Tom Cowan, Dr. Tom Cowan. I don't know if you've heard of him. Mm, I'm not sure I have. But... Yeah, you should check him out. Definitely. If you haven't, then definitely check him out. And, and I think, you know, a lot of this, like the reason why we're in the place we are is to do with, the fact that a lot of us we don't do the things that we should because we just think oh i can't bother with that oh i've got to watch a video that's like two and a half hours serious or i've got to read this you know so this this it was like a blog post almost that she sent me it was really long but it was talking like that the headline was just to do with origins of sars cov you know that sort of thing and um proof you know sort of whether it's proof of isolation and all that stuff that I didn't even understand at the time I didn't I just thought but I just thought to myself you know what I'm gonna look at everything and read every I was going in the comments on videos or whatever just to see what other people are saying check that out because I don't know what's going on and, and I find it weird that I don't get it as well you know mm. and so I carried on I started looking for sort of um dictionary like uh medical dictionaries and things like that that could help me understand a bit more um, it took a while to read it and it started to make a bit more sense. And then I'd Googled this guy's name and then watched the video on this. And then in the comments, someone mentioned, um, you know, Andrew Kaufman or they mentioned Amanda Volmar or somebody, Jennifer uh, Daniels. You know, they mentioned other people that were saying they've said this or they've said that. I was like, OK, what do they mean by 
and boy, it just opened up a whole new world of understanding um, that we don't even know. We didn't know, like I do now, but I think, but we don't even know how, how our bodies work. Like we think we've been taught how our bodies work, but actually we've just been told, you know, somebody's idea of how it should work. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so that just made it way more easy. So for me, by about, this was, you know, by uh, March, easily before March, because I'd been on, um, I remember going, like mid-March, I remember going onto the um, .gov website and then see it saying that it's um, no longer classed um, highly, you know, whatever, uh, with infectious disease. And I'm reading it going, yo, does this say what I think it does? Is this? Really saying what I think, and you know, showing it to people. Man, I showed it to nurses, and they went, "Oh, oh, that's out of date. That's out of date." Because it was like March the eleventh or sixteenth or something they put it, and this was like March twenty ninth. It's like, come on, man. And these are the people we got to trust. You know, if little me, dumbass me, can be bothered to do that, and I think it's down to having the will. Whether people we've been that's been taken from us. We. When you go through a sort of indoctrination system, it's like they take away your will to even want to look at things um, from a critical point of view, you know, like to actually do your best to research what somebody has taught you to make sure what they have taught you is actually a fact or not, yeah. as opposed to just accept it because they're a higher body than me, they're, they're upper echelon than I am. You get what I mean? Yeah, exactly right. Um, I'd say like in our country, at least the NHS was it was turned into a religion and you weren't allowed to question it. And like the people working in it were sort of a new cleric class. Remember, they got to skip the supermarket queues because yeah. they're, you know, so important to, to yeah, society. Yeah. But you demonstrated yeah, they didn't. Have I, I did a I did a bit of a stunt. Um I guess it was just when we were coming out of lockdown. It was when everyone was wearing masks, like in the blazing sunshine. So we went out to London Bridge and I was wearing a life jacket and asking people why they weren't wearing a life jacket. <laughs> we're on a bridge and you could fall and you could die. <laughs> that's hilarious. Actually, if you check the statistics, that's much more likely. Yeah. So why are you wearing a mask? And there were these four nurses who were in their early 20s and they like basically everyone had a jolly old time with us. People, yeah, for real. Yeah, people like either people were wearing masks and they were nervous, or they they got what the joke was and yeah. went it. And everyone was so damn fed up because it was like eighteen months of lockdown yeah. at that yeah. point. Um, but I mean, the nurses were amazing because it was this whole. Well, we've been in hospital. You haven't. We've seen it. You haven't. Um, I the question I asked them was, "Can you name a celebrity that's died of COVID?" Mm. You ask that question now. Woo! We've had a yeah. few, but they, they no one died in twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one. But it was strange. They just kind of looked at me like, "Well, why would I care?" And it's like ah, because that's evidence. Like, if, yeah, if, but they're if, not looking at it the way you're looking at it. For them, yeah. they're getting paid to do this, so this is work anyway. This is my, you know, and also they're proud of it. You know, mm. one thing I noticed is. How many people do you know that have, whether they've got someone in immediate family or they know somebody that works for the NHS? And it's like endless, you know? Yeah. So already there, you've got the people, you know, by proxy, they're going to be faithful to the NHS as well. Oh, my mm. sister or my cousin or whoever works there. Um, 
but it's so it's an, until you how did you wake up to it then because I always wonder like how I find there are different levels of how much people have woken up to things you know yeah. they might still trust this that and the third but they were like no no I'm, I'm not going to you know <laughs> I'm not well, going to doctors again or whatever yeah, so I find, because I watch a lot of this stuff, I find that people are kind of moving as a wave at this point. The people that are awake are like, yeah, I don't trust NASA anymore, which is not something <laughs> I would have said like three years ago. Um, and viruses, like do viruses exist? No one was actually asking yeah. in 2019. Yeah. So my thing was like, I had a couple of sort of YouTube rabbit holes around Basically, I was interested in the countdown to the end of the Mayan calendar. I was like, oh, what's this about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, some shit's going to go down in 2012. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... Uh, they were hoping. That was, yeah, it was when I watched sort of 9-11. And there was a lot of stuff going on with CCTV then. That was kind of the thing people were talking about. It's like, there's cameras everywhere. Watch out for this. Um, but I didn't really think about it until I mentioned it earlier. Brexit and Trump... I basically smelt a rat when uh, one half of the country was encouraged to call the other half racist and basically... Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, and that made me, like, completely not trust the media and the BBC because what happened was I I originally knew nothing about politics. I didn't care. I'm into music. That's my life. I'm, not, I'm just not interested in this. Um, and then when that happened, I was like, okay, well, I better start watching Question Time and reading The Guardian so I can get an idea of what's going on. And then I started realizing, wait, I'm like more intelligent <laughs> than your average Labour MP. I understand what's going like what? Like very quickly, I was like, they're not actually talking sense. They're not having a debate. And then, yeah, by 2019, I could see that like pretty much every news story was a lie. I'd lost all of my friends. <laughs> a lot of that was over trans stuff. I was like, I'm not doing the pronoun no, no, yeah, yeah, nonsense. Yeah, yeah, people can live how they live, but don't don't change the law so it's going to impact women. That's nuts or children. Um, yeah, you know, lost a yeah. lot of friends throughout that period. Then started a YouTube channel to rant about it. It did kind of well. I'm obviously like censored to oblivion now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, yeah. So when it all rolled around, I was almost already in the habit of like. Being oh, so kind of... trust it and i had people yeah. sending me news articles basically as covid uh rolled around from you know these alternative sources and together we were like figuring it out me and my mm. audience so it was really nice i was in like, oh, wicked. it was cool it was cool it like kept me sane during lockdown and hopefully kept some other people sane um yeah so... Bruv, that's 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 exactly what needs to be done is because I... yeah I mean, I've been deep in it. It was I graduated from university in 2010 and then was a DJ for 10 years. Mm. And now this is what I do. And it was like it switched on a dime. I mm. like all all I really care about. You've mentioned so many names and different topics already. Mm. But it's all of this stuff, like yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we being lied to. And you you also said that people uh, are too lazy to look into this stuff. But I I think. 2020 was the moment where it just split into two and you basically have a choice either you are going to find out information for yourself or you're not and you're gonna watch your netflix and and stuff like that so you know people like us that are having these conversations and watching this kind of stuff we're obsessed with learning now we've all had to yeah. learn medicine yeah. 
past three years. Yeah, you've had to sort of unlearn a whole bunch of stuff mm. and then learn on the fly, you know, like as you're going along. So it is pretty tricky. I, I, I Like, I think you're right. In terms of lazy, I, I think it's more that they just lack the will as a, because they're all still into their football and, you know, they know all the stats on that and or whether it be the t- or different TV programs, like they can spend hours watching, binge watching, whatever. So I think it's just the will, though, to actually go there. I think it's hard for some people to go somewhere where now they're, the reality that they thought they had just gets smashed to bits. And then you've also got to sort of relearn. You know, with the health stuff, I've noticed with some people, it's just like they don't have the um, willpower, you know, to like go, all right, I'm going to stop eating all that, I'm going to, you know, and just fix fix themselves up. But they'll continue moaning about the ailments that they have, but not try, like, you. all right, you know that the medicine might not be as good for you as you think it is, because all this time that you've been on it, you haven't been cured, but you still, something still doesn't click, you know? And I've started getting into the, the, the understanding that it's probably not everybody is supposed to wake up. Some people maybe are more comfortable sleeping and you know, it could be whether it's their star sign or I don't know, but I just feel like, right, maybe there's, it, there's people that are not interested. I've had one guy say, I'm just not interested in it. You know, like the health thing. Like, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I know it's not real, but that's it. And it's like, you don't want to know, you know, how much uh, at least you don't. I tell people like, you don't have to worry. With all of that whole, everything they're talking about in the news to do with any sort of thing floating around in the air that knows what time it is and knows what skin tone you are and how many meters away you are from somebody, you realize you don't have to worry. You can laugh at it now, but until you understand it, you won't laugh. You'll still be like, yeah, but what if, yeah, but maybe, yeah, but you know, just always. And that's how they get you with the fear, man. That's the currency right there, you know? Absolutely. But um, I, I think it's been good that it's kind of sifted humanity into, yeah. these, into these two lanes. Because um, people yeah. do. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> well, everything's so much more clear. It was a mad yeah, panic yeah. at the start of 2020 where everyone's isolated and no one knows anyone. Yeah. And now, you know, people are making these connections. And it's quite basically, I'm having a really good year. I don't know about yeah. you. But compared to the crap of the last couple of years, I'm broadly enjoying each day. Oh, definitely. Up to the next, you know. Yeah, to be honest, as as um, you always have the moments where you, it's almost like you feel sorry, like you feel bad because not everybody's gonna come out of this intact, you know, the way that they should, and you can just see, you know, that that's the sad part for it about it for me but at the same time I'm actually enjoying life more than I ever have because I'm seeing it from a much brighter le- you know through a much brighter lens like mm. everything's a lot more clearer for me now and things that I need to focus on I can because I'm not you know I wouldn't be oh I've always been sitting there like oh. I'm like how can things just change like that all of a sudden you feel safe now yeah. you know just like that but before you were like oh and you're not thinking oh maybe I should find out what the hell is going on here but I think it's a lot for people, you know, mm. Like we enjoy it. Like you said, we enjoy actually looking into new ideas, you know, um, esoteric knowledge, you know, things that from way back that may not even mean anything to anyone. But all of a sudden you realize the connection to now, mm. you know, you realize how things are connected, like throughout different eras. I mean, yeah. 
the main thing that's like annoying me and is a bugbear at the moment is that the creative industries it's we have to completely start from scratch because they were like yeah. so, so so controlled so i know various artists who are really talented and they're awake but we don't have any kind of infrastructure to help people get success so i kind of like did you get to see the ceiling in the industry? I, Because I, to be honest, I think that you should have been much more successful for your level of yeah. talent. And I, Thanks, I've, man. And, I appreciate that. Well, it's true. And I think that it's broadly true of the kind of people that you could be seen collaborating with and all of that. But it, it's clear that there's a reason for this. Like, I got to watch grassroots music for mm. a good decade and I only really saw one band that I knew get a punt from like a talent scout, right? Yeah, yeah. And they already looked like a sort of carbon copy of the Arctic Monkeys, very pretty boys. And, <laughs> and, they, and they had to quit it because even then they wanted the talent scout people wanted to like edit them too much. So oh, they weren't they weren't feeling them like well I I just know that like they they you know Stormzy is not going to he's gonna I don't know what would you say about Stormzy and people that are sort of selected for fame because that's how it feels to me I mean I wouldn't put it past that being happening I, I wouldn't know for sure but I <laughs> do think that um every more or less everyone that you see out there that's sort of um got some form of influence over um you know quite a majority of crowd they've probably been handled up there sort of thing there's there's something there's a there'll be something behind them that sort of semi in charge you could say but yeah. I, I don't I wouldn't like I don't know if he is um aware of it at all you know if, I don't know whether the artists are particularly aware of it I think some of them are like the real megastar sort of thing that put out different signs and all that you know you could tell but I I, I think um in order to make this sort of thing work, where there is a matrix that people believe in, there has there has to be sort of um, a majority that are in it and of it, but don't know that they are. Mm. That makes sense. It has to, otherwise, it wouldn't feel normal. If everybody had some kind of secret, you know, they knew some secret handshake or were behind something, it kind of become obvious because they'd all move a certain way. But if everyone seems normal, or you know, people that have blown up that have got to a certain level or whatever, you may not speak to them anymore or, you know, things like that, then it makes it more normal. It's not as sort of sinister, you know, in the background as you think. Mm. Now you're seeing loads of, there are loads of videos all over YouTube about, oh, the dark occult secrets of Def Jam or, you know, this rapper or that rapper or this artist and that artist. So it's, it's sort of out there, but just muddled up and, you know, so we don't, we think, oh, it's a load of rubbish, man. It just sounds like some conspiracy theory stuff. But it's quite obvious. There's when you look at history, all that um, was it Loyal Canyon, Canyon, and all that. Mm. You know about that? Yeah, yeah, all all that sort of stuff. You realize that, like, of course, man, it makes sense. If you look at the gematria, the numerology, and all that, you, you see it already. It's just like, okay, well, it makes sense. It's like, mm. how else would you be able to get there and be at that sort of level and have that much um, influence over people? Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, it was always clear to me, especially after stepping into that industry, that you've basically got the music industry as a big pyramid here, and that's the mainstream thing. Mm. And then you've got 
the independents, everyone else. Oh. And that can get to any size as well. Like you can actually get huge independent labels, and that's awesome. Um, but here here's the damn pyramid. And like, did you do you did Glastonbury a few times, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That pyramid yeah, 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 yeah. pyramid stage, yeah. <laughs> because Pretty like if you, if you look at who's playing on it, you know, I'm mighty suspicious of that now. But um but that doesn't, I'm not going to say like Glastonbury is evil. I think it's clearly on a ley line. It's clearly very important in yeah. terms of energy. Um, but it was just interesting because you'd get so many little tents and it would be a like who's who of what's going on in music in the underground because they're yeah. asking everyone to play. Um, whereas you've and got that's how, one in the middle. One in the middle. How, that's what I'm saying. So think about like, you know, we know the, the Masonic Pyramid, that's how it works. All these people down here, they don't really, they think they're just like, oh man, I'm part of the music industry. Finally, I'm getting to do, you know, I'm putting tunes out, right? I got so and so many views, I got this, they don't know. But then when, you know, people at top are like, hmm, what's his birthday? When's it? What's the name? Yeah, he's, what's his name? You know, what does that equate to? They'll pick him and then they all, all of a sudden, rise up there and whether he finds out or not I, I don't know I think more so in the states they're quite you know a lot of people that are sort of openly um, part of some fraternity or whatever yeah so I think it's more heavy over there and probably in France and places like that but I wouldn't I be surprised at all if it if it's going on here as well you know yeah, the the only reason I picked him is I basically I just remember him as being a rapper that went from like zero to a hundred out of absolutely nowhere, seemingly. I had an office job where there's loads of basically normies, and suddenly all, overnight they were all saying, Oh, your residency, you gotta play Stormzy this weekend. Stormzy oh, wow. you know, off. And yeah. I'm like, You're not into that happened. You're not into hip hop or whatever. How what what? Okay, yeah. so, so this guy's instantly the biggest thing in the country so and and that's why i'm asking it wasn't like oh stormzy shit and talentless it's just okay there's clearly nah, he's got talent like he's, yeah he's definitely got talent i, I wouldn't say that I, I just think that it probably is whether it be his manager his agent you know record label whoever there's probably somewhere there that can pull strings in that sort of way and um i don't know like he may be used to promote some kind of energy you know like even the whole racism thing like it's you know you can see that it's a tool now to create more division as well like you mentioned it before the obama and trump thing i remember um you know people always say you're trump yeah but trump's racist trump's racist and i'll be like okay i need to hear it i, don't, I haven't heard it yet he seems like he could be but that doesn't mean he is you know it's quite a that's quite um a harsh statement to make if you're going to say that to somebody um, and then I, I think I did go onto one of those Facebook things that apparently were done by the same lady who came up with the idea for clapping. That's it. They said, I think this, a similar team to the team that came up with the idea um, for clapping for the NHS at, what was it, six or seven o'clock or whatever. Probably six o'clock. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, they came, uh, it was a team that came up with the idea to put these Trump videos on Facebook. Um, that you know, similar sort of psyop, you know, them psychological programs. So, they I thought, all right, let me click on one of these videos and see what people are talking about that Trump is racist. And then, so it's him doing a speech, 
that sounded it, it never actually mentioned who he was talking about you know so you all they have to do is make you picture that he's talking about um black people or people of color and so now the image that you see is black people and people of color as he's saying it people in you know slaves or being hung or and i was like okay so where does he say the racist thing though what what is it because this could be talking about anybody you know, it could be talking about they've done, they've done this, and but he's not actually saying black people or these people in the ghettos or these people in the hoods. And I was like, man, that's how they do it. They just they create the image, you know. Like if you, that's magic, basically. That's like you know, magic image. The the magi, you know about all of that, obviously. Well, I know what's spelling. Yeah, so they create they create this thing, and and if you can um, put it in the imagination, if I can make sure it's in your mind and you picture it as being real, then that's all that needs to happen. It doesn't matter if it's real or not. You know what I mean? And that's what they did with a lot of all of that stuff. And then you get to realize anyway, they're part of this two wings of the same bird. So with all of this was just to get your energy involved in it somehow, in some way, and then they can carry on with what they're doing. It's it's a weird, like it's a weird world. Like I, I don't get the idea of, um, they sort of advertise war. They sort of, Instead of just doing what they're going to do, like go and bomb wherever, it's like they, they need to get the people to, to advocate for it. So they, they, they get people to talk about it and say, oh, these people have done this wrong. These people are doing this over there. And, you know, what they're doing with their children. And so, but it's like, why don't you just go and do it anyway? Why are you got to mess with us? <laughs> do you know what I mean? And get our minds all, and we're arguing with each other about some shit that ain't even real. It's not even real. They don't want to mess up the place anyway, like, you know? It's strange. Yeah. It's a strange world. That's a good point. Did they really need to like do nine eleven to invade all those countries? Could they have yeah. done it anyway? You know, you're going to. We're getting, there's a million of us marching in the streets against the war in Iraq. You're going to bloody do it anyway. That seems to, <laughs> seems maybe, to be like, well. Maybe it's to um, because there are people within their regime, like in the military and all that, that they have to get they have to get on their side as well. Maybe it's that, because I don't. I just don't get why. Why the people? Why do you have to go and have a debate live on wherever? And now we've got to be the ones to decide whether we should go to war with blah blah yeah. blah when there's nothing to do with us anyway. Like, I know. You've got your beef. Like we, I was over here just trying to pay my taxes like a dickhead anyway. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So how comes now all of a sudden I'm involved in this when I'm not even involved? Like, what, what is this? You know. I th well, I think it's ramping up to a like. I knew not to trust the government since I kind of knew what the word government meant. I yeah, guess yeah, clearly, yeah. naturally, but um, but it's become pretty sick and murderous at this point. Like I'm appalled. I want to see a lot of people in jail or executed. Frankly, um, but I know there's a huge amount of people that like what basically won't give up at this point. I know we have to go back to like life but no one's going back to their old life which does yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, that's what i say about the music thing is like i am going to a festival in august which is it's sort of the first festival where like everyone knows each other through being awake to this and <laughs> musicians and like <laughs> I'm almost a little bit scared of going back to an old style festival because they're happening again but like I'll feel like I'm wearing wearing my mask and have to 
can, can you be yourself in these environments? I never like going to like a big event anymore because it just feels like society's kind of split. I don't know about you, but. I mean, I, I think because of my line of work, I kind of have to be out there. And, and to be honest, it's not as bad as you think. It's not yeah. as divided as you think. You know, what I find is that um, a lot of them just want to get on the normal. They just want to go on like normal. You know, that's why we call them normies, I guess. But they just do. And so as much as you, you want to say something, you know, you look at them in a certain way and you're just like, you just carry on like normal then. And, and you just have to laugh it off. You just got to be like, man, it's a shame, man. And, you know, anytime I can, I'll have the conversations. Like I'll mention bits and bobs, but I don't force it on people because I understand that they were and probably still are in some level of state of fear, you know, at some level of state of fear. So it's like um, rather than be just like the outlets, you know, first they were telling them, be scared, be worried, look at all these deaths, look at all these numbers, look at all this, look, look. And then, oh, the deaths have gone down. Okay, the cases, look at all these cases, look. You know, and people all over the place about it. And then they, so they ran out and went and got the, the jibby, you know, and then done that. And then now look, now what they're telling them. Yeah, you know, uh, some people have actually had problems. Look, this one's dropped dead. That one's dropped dead. Uh, on live on air, football. Yeah, look, you know. So we can't be as bad as we're. If we do the same thing, you know, that can't be any better. Like, so oh, we got. Uh, I think there are different ways we've got to just try and just massage it in. <laughs> Somehow massage it in. Just like, look, come to the dark side, man. Wake up a bit, man. You realize it's a lot lighter than you thought, you know. Oh yeah, I think that. Um people that you're actually going to get into a horrible back and forth with a few and far between now that's that's pretty unlikely um i think the most divisive point for humanity must have been three years ago and now we're coming back to unity consciousness is what i've heard this is yeah basically that is that yin yang you were describing earlier the in breath out breath yeah and and yeah like i don't i think everyone who's woken up to all this has had to start thinking about things on a much deeper spiritual level. Like yeah, I, yeah. I bought an astrology workbook to work through. It, it's really good, actually. I think yeah. it's 1986, but it basically takes you through everything and you got to got to fill it in for each planet. Yeah. Um, I love this stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm in a good place for it, but I do... I do mm, yeah, I've had to say goodbye to like that old that old life as a DJ and I've got this I'm on this weird new thing but you've basically managed to keep keep it through yeah yeah I'll what carrying on yeah, yeah I yeah. think like I've probably lost a little bit of work because of some of the things I've said you know I've lost the probably I wouldn't be surprised like they haven't said it to me but I could tell by just the timing of things mm. um but yeah, because I'm I'm still enjoying making the music. There was a, a while I kind of was writing more about that sort of stuff, but then I realized like I actually the same for everybody. People can't really, you know, there were people that I, I dropped a verse on a guy's tune and it was talking about all that stuff, gates and whatever. And then you could tell that people are so trapped in their paradigm that anything out of that is quite like, uh, what's the word? You know, they it it hits them. It hits them pretty hard, you know. Yeah. And so, I think they're in terms of waking people up. I think talking, as opposed to like, um, obviously, there's a way to do everything. But as opposed to um, 
me making songs and just kind of almost doom and gloomy and the people that are already in the doom and gloom state. I think talking about it and because it's so intricate, is the way we learn, you know, the, the whole sort of trivia and stuff, you know, just in terms of actually understanding um, things with reason and, you know, not just taking things for face value just because it's like a, what they call them, they say it's a reputable body. You know? yeah. What does that mean? Reputable to who? You know? <laughs> yeah, like, what's that supposed to mean exactly? But these sort of things, I think it's way deeper than any music can really get people to wake up to, you know? I don't think music is going to wake people up enough because, and this is why I say it, Nick, we grew up on this shit. Mm. And we know so many of our friends that grew up on the same stuff, we're hearing the same things. You know, when De La Soul was saying, um, experiments, when needle and skin connect, no wonder where we live is called the projects, yeah. you know? They're saying stuff like that, or um, De La Soul will go on forever, like racism, you know, things like this, that we've, we've heard it from ages ago. So we kind of know it's there. We knew it's there. It was there, sorry. And we shouldn't be surprised in a way. And we should actually be outspoken and be angry about the fact that things are this way. Why should it be this way for this long? But so many people haven't said anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah. it's it's a really interesting perspective because like I told you I was a DJ, but I wasn't a producer. I produced a few tunes. I had them released by Dirty Dubsters, who I knew you had a single with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um I read up, yes. Yeah, it was <laughs> wicked, man. <I've... laughs> <I> did, <bro. laughs> Go one of my favorite punchlines. Um, yeah, so uh like I was I produced a few tunes, but I was never that confident in it. I was basically just like taking it in from everywhere. And so this perspective is really interesting because for the past three years I've been trying to find like musicians speaking out. Yeah. And I suppose I mentioned Flip Tricks because like he's just done that one song, and yeah. then the album that it's on is basically back to normal it's not like a you know conspiracy album nah. um, and you know the rest of the four owls i don't think they've referenced it at all but obviously you know they're <laughs> they're up there with him so they're gonna, yeah, yeah. gonna agree they're probably not button heads on this they're not they're not appalled by his opinions um so so we're all good here and it's like i kind of spent a year or two not really listening to music in the same way that I used to. I went back and listened to a lot of old stuff and got into sort of some old music. Yeah. Uh, I was just looking for artists that were willing to speak out. But you, you've you kind of, I don't know, you, you, you've made it really clear here because I've been wrestling with it. Like, how do I feel about artists not speaking out? It's like, well, maybe they are in their own personal life. Yeah. And it wouldn't make sense to, it doesn't make sense for an artist to just sort of do a sudden about 90 degree turn and like, right, yeah. I have to do politics permanently. I don't know, it's, it's good to hear. And also you kind of justified that, look, if I did do that and just made my entire output about COVID, probably wouldn't even work anyway. Because it's yeah, I mean, you get, you know, it's that, I, I do admire people who do it, but I think it's like, um, the, there's a level, uh, you know, like I just think we should kind of work from a level above the sort of entities that are putting all this, you know, putting all this magic on us. I think we should work in a way that sort of is more um, 
um, you know, we more empathetic. Like we have a bit more empathy for the people that are suffering through this in that sort of way. Especially we're out of it and looking like we're laughing at stuff now. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, they're trying to say this now about you know whatever. Whereas the people are, oh, now they've said that we're you know, and I think it's worse for us to just go out there and make them feel you know what I mean even more shit about everything. Uh, and I've noticed that in terms of the music, like I was saying, because of all of that, what we grew up on, I don't think it really works. I think what will work, though, is kind of nurturing people into understanding how things, it, yes, the world works in a different way. We are being lied to a lot, but as long as you know what the lies are, you're not falling for the traps, you know what I mean? You can clean up your life, all these illnesses you might have been having, all this money you've been spending on clothes or whatever bullshit that you think is, you know, you realize, ah, oh, that's nothing, it doesn't mean anything. And your life is, is a bit more free. It might not feel as free from the outset, but, you know, you're not as worried, man. There's so many people into this whole, um, you know, lawful stuff as well that um, they're opening doorways on how to sort of, you know, whether it be council tax or you're frigging parking um, tickets, all of that sort of stuff, or going into the private, even if you want to be able to put yourself your stuff in a trust or whatever, you know. So there's a lot of things now that we can learn that actually mean something to our life as opposed to just kind of just trying to fit in with, um, you know, the um, that sort of uh, consensus reality that mm. everyone's in, you know? Yeah, too right. Well, this has flown by and it's been yeah, no, <laughs> it's been wicked to chat to you. Wicked Glad to like, finally meet you. I haven't been Likewise, a man. Um, well, like, what you got music-wise coming up for the rest of the year? What are your plans? Yeah, so I'm working on a few bits and bobs. I'm going to have a single coming out called Dumble Rap. Uh, it's the first time I mentioned it, so look out for that Dumble Rap. Um, and then I'm working on an album with Pitch 92. So that should be um, looking to come out, you know, in a few months time or whatever. Um, and then also I do a podcast called Something You Might Not Never Know Nothing About or Shit You Might Not Never Know Nothing About. <laughs> but yeah, we get into all of this stuff. So we got to get you on, Nick. We'll have a good chat on there, man. Awesome. Uh, you're up for it, yeah. Um, and then also you can just follow me at MySdiggy, M-Y-S-D-I-G-G-I. Um, on all the platforms and uh, I might say some bits here and there but not too much you know I'm more about I want to uplift people I want people to learn so I do put a lot more stuff about like health and whatnot and then you know try and yeah. I, I, I torpedoed my life so I could take on this weird fight and I do a lot of work in it not everyone has to has to devote their every waking hour to it but if no, you but I love that you do though I really appreciate people like you that do because it's like you, you know, if it weren't for like, and this is what I want to leave on when I, I went on Facebook um, at the beginning of this COVID stuff and it was like the, the first, like I hadn't gone on there since that this time, but I went on there, was looking at stuff, liking blah, blah, blah. And then one guy just posted this whole thing about viruses. He posted about how many people have got ill from COVID and how many died, this, that, and the third. But then he, the, the last paragraph was to do with like viruses and how it's not been um uh confirmed but you know stuff like, i didn't really get it i was like oh what's this guy talking about whatever but then a few months later i was like man i wish i knew who that guy was so i could say thank you because that actually sparked my mind like oh you might as well look into this because you did see something that you didn't understand it but you know now you've got this info like it came out from nowhere like my missus just sent it to me I'm like where'd you get this oh one of my friends you know because she does like um uh, you know, shamanic work and whatever. So it's one of them sort of things. And a friend didn't even look at it, but I did. 
you know what I mean? So you, you're, I'm sure you're planting those sort of seeds for a lot of people, Nick. So much appreciated, man. Unwashed. Make sure you stay unwashed, my beloved. And that's the brain. Brain unwashed. 